Go! This is your announcer, Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. Life is so weird right now. This week we had Axl Rose feuding with Steve Mahanachin. What's next? Richie Sambora feuding with Wilbur Ross. See? I know names. Look at all those names I just said. The Metal Injection Livecast starts now. Yeah, we are live. Welcome to the Metal Injection Livecast. It's Rob bringing it to you right now, living it up when you're going down. I don't know, but I'm sorry. That was embarrassing. Welcome to the Metal Injection Livecast. It's Rob here with Noah, Sid, and 3D, who have hopefully unmuted their mics. And uh, you can be a part of the show. I hear all of you, but Sid. Uh, But... Uh, you can be a part of the show as well. Uh, if you're listening live, we are live every Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time to 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, at metalinjection.net slash livecast. And of course, if the archives are available all over the internet. And we're doing video now that we're all in quarantine and just uh, recording our own little webcams. So hopefully you can be a part of the show. And uh, if, if this show isn't enough for you, you can get more show at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. In addition to video versions of these quarantine casts, you'll get one bonus episode a month. And this month, everyone's been raving about it. So everyone loves it. So many people say many great things. It's the music draft where we each draft a super group. We each get around. We, pick, we each pick a guitarist, a vocalist, uh, a you know all the other members of the band. <laughs> And uh, it came out really funny, and you can listen to that at patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast for five bucks a month. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. We have a very special guest, and he's already here, so I don't even know why why, why even hold up the show. Why even make him wait any longer? Maybe let's just bring him on. Hopefully, we, we won't catch him off guard, but that would be pretty funny if we did. Let's bring in Lou Brutus onto the show. Mm. Lou, are you there? Uh, oh, he's, he's smart. He's connecting audio. <laughs> see if I can get him on. Well, he might be he might be social mediating for now, but uh, you gotta hand it to him. The man knows how to promote. <laughs> Cause uh, Lou is on to talk about his new book. Hey. Hello, Lou. There he is. <laughs> Uh, the book is Sonic Warrior, My Life as a Rock and Roll Reprobate, Tales of Sex, Drugs, and Vomiting at Inopportune Moments. Uh, Lou, how are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, under the circumstances, so far, so good. <laughs> Same. Well, Lou, thank you so much for co- coming on the show. Getting a little echo here. Let me, let me cut that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and I love the the background. You are a promoter. You have written a book. You you've now you've come from the world of rock radio, and and I can relate to that. I used to be a DJ on Sirius XM Liquid Metal, and uh, and you you've seen your fair share of tales, and and you've you've combined these tales into something that people refer to as a memoir. Is that correct? Yeah, more or less. Um, it's a collection <laughs> of stories. Uh, each chapter is a standalone story, and it comes from different points of uh, my life and career. And I've been doing this shit since I'm a kid. So if you do anything for 40 years or so, 
chances are you're going to get a lot of fucked up stories all running together. Uh, and if you put them together in a book, uh, it, it looks impressive. But, you know, the, these are all the aberrations, you know. Uh, as all of you know, usually backstage is boring and it's people screaming into their phones trying to get the rock show done. However, now and then, uh, crazy, out-of-the-ordinary things happen. And, and that's basically um, what the book tends to deal with because it's a lot more interesting than saying, I watched the tour manager scream into his phone in the production office backstage every night on the Slipknot tour for the last week. Where do you even begin? I mean, you have so many stories. How do you remember everything? Where do you even start when you put this book together? You know, the, the, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to the order of the chapters except that the first chapter in it is entitled the time I attended my first concert and threw up threw on up. Carlos Sanchez. Yes. And that one basically gives a little background bio information and, and of course talks about the, the first concert I saw, which was Black Sabbath and Ted Nugent at Madison Square Garden in December of 1976. Um, but other than that, you know, it was a matter of um, which, uh, which were the easiest to write because you know, I've never written a book before. Uh, and a, a, a lot of what guided me for which stories to put in was based on input that I got from, you know, other media people that I know or rock star friends that I have who, you know, were always on me to write a book. And, you know, you've got to put the story about throwing up out of the helicopter at Live Aid, or you've got to tell the story <laughs> about going up to the Arctic with Metallica, or you've got to tell the story about, you know, being dressed as Hunter Thompson and chasing a buck naked Corey Taylor around the stage in Madison, Wisconsin with a fly swat, you know. Um, Dressing up like a lobster. Was that? Dressing up like a lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Aquabats, <laughs> uh, and, and to a metal crowd, they might not know the Aquabats, but I think one of the fun things of the book is it, it really jumps genres because, you know, as deeply as I've worked with hard rock and, and metal and, and heavy music all these years, there are a ton of other bands that I like and I've been around. So I, I wanted to tell all of the stories. And the one you're referring to is uh, they're one of the craziest fans on the planet. <laughs> the Aquabats, they're like surfing superheroes. And um, they, they dressed me up as a lobster once and they kicked the living shit out of me on stage. I thought I was going to come out of there with no teeth but yeah it, it really the book in a lot of ways is sort of like a i hate to use the term like a love letter to rock and roll because that sounds kind of lame um but it really does get to the heart of how much i love music and um you know why i've wanted to be involved in all this stuff my entire life so and hopefully it's a good read you know all the the reviews have been great and the reaction from everybody has been uh, has been really fantastic. You know, Corey Taylor, who I referred to just a moment ago, wrote a great mm -hmm. forward for the book, which is really funny. Uh, and he was one of the people who stayed on me for several years about getting the book done. Um, you know, he and I have been swapping stories for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I've always busted his balls because I'm older than him. So I've, I've seen a lot of bands that he never got a chance to see. But then he turns right around and busts my balls because I'm older than him. Um, but it, uh, it worked out for the, uh, for the book and getting some good stories into it and stuff. So. Now, you said people called you to include stories. Did the opposite happen as well? Like, Lou, that night in Vancouver, you better not put that in your book. <laughs> because that is something funny, that I run into as well. <laughs> funny that you should mention that. Uh, and, and I want to preface it by saying, when I first sat down to write the book, when I see it, like I, I had a couple of false starts, but when I seriously sat down 
to uh, to do the book, I had to figure out what kind of book I wanted to write. And and I knew I did not want to write a book that shit all over other people or or made them look bad. And that probably would have sold a lot more copies. Um, but I I knew I could tell really good and funny and and insightful stories without resorting to like breaking up somebody's marriage or you know get them put back in rehab or whatever. Whatever the circumstances may or may not have been, I'm not saying anything. Um, but the, to, more to your question, uh, yeah, there were a number of people when the word got out, like when we first announced the book officially, the, the phone lit up for like a week or two after that with, uh, hey, Lou, it's me. Hey, man, what you doing? Hey, I hear you're writing a book. Yeah, I am. So what kind of things are in the book? Would there be stories about blah, 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 blah? And I'd be like, no, that's not in there. Uh, and then there are, you know, if you know how to, sort of read in between the lines, you, you can figure out a lot more than I state specifically, but that's part of the fun of the book. And, and again, really, I think the, the stories and the chapters uh, all stand on their own and uh, it would not have been the right tone for me uh, if, if it had been sort of a, a, a breathless tell-all memoir of the things I've seen. Because I'm sure all of us have seen enough horrible shit done by other people, particularly rock stars, that we could write a book about. But, you know, again, I, I didn't want to be an asshole, so I, I wrote the kind of book that I wanted to write. Right. Well, you weren't, you weren't um, ready to burn some bridges. <laughs> there's there's one story. There's one story that I'd love for you to share. And, you know, like you don't really share anything like that sorted. It's you're kind of like the butt of the joke in the chapters, you know, like in a way, but there's one story in particular that I really love because I really related to it. You talk about like not really drinking on the job or smoking weed. And uh, you had this um, invitation by Snoop Dogg. You didn't know that he was back on the ganj and uh, you had these like Cuban cigars, you offered him one and then he offered you a blunt and unbeknownst to you, what happened? <laughs> well, uh, th this was, uh, I want to uh, say it was the year 2000, maybe 2002. Uh, it's certainly correct in the book. Uh, it was one of uh, Lincoln Park's Project Revolution tours where they used to put together fairly eclectic lineups for, for like a major rock show. They would, they would put hip hop artists on, they would put punk bands on, they would put ska bands on. Uh, and that one year in particular, Snoop was on, and, and like you referred to, this was right in the middle. I don't know if everyone will recall it, but th there was a, a famous couple of months where Snoop is off the gone. Snoop, Snoop has renounced weed, and it was like a big deal. And right, I swear to God, it was right in the middle of all this. Um, I had wrapped up all my interviews that day. It was in Camden, New Jersey. Um, I had done all my interviews by late afternoon, and my, my producer came to me and said, hey, it's, it's not on your schedule, but do you want to talk to Snoop Dogg? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to talk to Snoop Dogg. Really interesting guy. Uh, and, and hey, I hear he's not smoking weed. I didn't have anything prepared to speak to him about, but I figured that was an easy enough start. And, and sure enough, I walk in, and like you said, I just come back from uh, Bermuda, so I had Cuban cigars, and I figured, oh, I, I saw cigars on the coffee table, so I gave one to Snoop, and he's, he smelled, he's a... Lou Brutus, a true pimp. Uh, and and he, he lit the mini Cohiba up. And then I'm, I start to roll the, the tape. And um, sure enough, he, he lights his cigar and hands it to me. And this is what a dopey farm boy fuck I am. I'm like, 
thinking to myself, well, gosh, Mr. Dog, he's a, he's a terribly nice gentleman. He's offered me one of his own cigars. And why is there something green stick? Oh, my God, it's marijuana. And uh, I, I ended up, I took two hits off of it. And I, I, I only took the first, at that point, I hadn't smoked weed in like 10 years. And um, I didn't want to hit it just because I knew I'd get really wasted. And then he and his guys are like staring at me. And I'm like, fuck, I got to hit this. So I hit it twice as it went around. I got so, the name of the, the, the full title of the chapter is The Time Snoop Dogg Got Me So High, I Drooled in My Own Lap. And um, I, I literally, I couldn't even make it through the interview. And uh, I end up out at the soundboard to watch Corn Set. And I look like an extra from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, I'm staring up at the ceiling, looking at like colored lights up in the ceiling that weren't there. That's how high I was. And uh, I feel something itchy on my chin. And I look down and there is this thick, snotty strand of drool from my mouth to my chin. And I look down and there is a puddle of drool in my lap. And I looked like I was on fucking Thorazine or something. Like, ah. And then I had to drive home a couple hours to, uh, to DC. But uh, yeah, true, true story. The, the, I, I think the last two times I smoked weed, there, there's another chapter that refers to the previous time uh, and that chapter is entitled, The Time Dr. Hunter S. Thompson Menaced Me with Depraved Violence in a Bottle of Chivas Regal. And uh, same deal, I hadn't smoked weed in years, and Hunter Thompson handed me a joint. And let me tell you something, when Hunter Thompson handed you a joint, I don't care what fucking program you've been in or what, what you're doing or not doing, uh, <laughs> you, you, you hit it. And uh, he also wrenched my head back. He, he pulled me by my hair. And I'm like, oh, like this. He almost snapped my neck. And then poured a, you know, like a good third of a bottle of Chivas Regal in my mouth, down my throat, all over my face. So, uh, and, and I vomit a lot in the book, too. So, again, if, if you're missing live That's in the title. Days, I would hope so. <laughs> vomiting, yeah. you know, this, this is the right book. But that, that's what, and I'm glad you, you, you mentioned the, uh, the entire um, book title, because not everybody does. I think they're grossed out by it. But uh, I just thought, well... If I was looking through a, a you know a, a list of titles of rock books, and I saw one that said "Sonic Warrior: My Life Is a Rock and Roll Reprobate Tales of Sex, Drugs, and Vomiting at, at, at Inopportune Moments," I'd look at that one and go, "Well, fuck it, I'm buying that. That's the book I'm buying." You know, <laughs> and it's also why the the chapters um, have very long and involved. Uh, titles as well, like uh, the time I went to the Arctic with Metallica, or the the time I went to the Arctic and got in a mosh pit with a bunch of kids in polar bear fur while Metallica sang about sodomizing a goat, um, and uh, all of the other ones. The time our tour bus ran over a guy on the New Jersey Turnpike, you know, and and I, I tried to write the chapter titles in a way that seemingly gave away the whole chapter, and yet when you peel it back, there's just lots of other wacky, crazy, horrible funny shit that goes on but but one how thing how long is that flight to antarctica <laughs> okay, again i'm sorry how long is that flight to antarctica uh to do that uh, to the arctic um we flew i think it was from chicago to Yellowknife, and Yellowknife is way up north in the northwestern territories if you look at a map of canada northwestern territories are duh in the northwest um and, uh, oh, excuse me, no, we, we flew to Inuvik. And Inuvik is where the Northwest Territories Highway ends. That's basically the end of most civilization. But Tuktoyukta, and that took 
I'm going to say four hours flying north, I think, on, on like a, you know, 737-ish kind of plane. And um, we stayed in Inuvik until it was the day of the show. And, and just for folks who don't know, Metallica did a private concert at, uh, some people would say Eskimo Village, and I, I try and correct them. It's it, Inuit uh, is the, the correct term for the native people who live in that part of the world. And uh, uh Tuk where Metallica played, is this village on the north coast of Canada, it's not only above the Arctic Circle, it's above the tree line, so nothing grows higher than your shin. And it's like fucking tundra. And in the middle of this tundra is this town with a couple of crossroads, but the roads don't go anywhere. The highways don't go there. If you want to drive there, you have to wait for the Mackenzie River to freeze. Then you drive from Inuvik, where we stayed. You drive north on the river for 125 miles. You bang a turn when you hit the Arctic Ocean, and then you're in Tuktoyaktuk. And um, it was a, a, um, a, a sponsored thing from Molson Beer. They used to do a, a Molson ice party every year, and they would pick cool bands to play exotic places in Canada. And the first year they did it in the U.S., they really wanted it to be something crazy. So they picked literally the remotest spot you could pick on uh, mainland uh, uh, North America, and they brought Metallica uh, it, this is 1997, if I remember correctly. So they're just exploding. They're just the hottest band in the world. And you had Metallica, you had Courtney Love and Hole, uh, Veruca Salt, who were friends of mine from Chicago, and a great Canadian band who I haven't seen since then called Moist. And the four bands played in this village in front of, uh, you know, a total of uh, maybe two to 300 people, contest winners who were flown in. Uh, I was like the lone media representative. And... Um, the people who live there and a, a bunch of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police from that area who got I to go see. to the show. And I should add, and I, I mentioned it in the, uh, in the chapter, some Metallica fans chartered seaplanes. <laughs> they fucking hired pilots to fly them, not knowing whether they'd get in or not, because technically they, they weren't going to be allowed in. And I remember I was standing near some of the management people when, the, when some of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police walked up and said, hey, we got a problem. And the management is like, well, what's the matter? And they said, well, some, some fans just landed in seaplanes out on the river. What should we do? And, and, and everybody was like, holy shit, let them in to watch the show. Because there was no tickets. Because if you were there, you were allowed to go to the show. There were, there were just so few people yeah. in the entire town. And, and again, like a lot of it I hit on in the book, I've, I've been lucky that I, I mean, overall, I've been a 3,000 I say music events just because I've been to something so small you wouldn't even consider them a concert. And that goes from seeing a single band at, a, at some small bar uh, right up to mega festivals where I may have seen 40 bands that day, but I only counted as one event. But in all of these things that I've seen, the thousands that I've attended around the world, that Metallica show really was one of the most special. You just, you knew that you were at something that really wasn't going to come again like that. Now, I've, I've been to a few shows like that. There's the chapter on Live Aid. Uh, one chapter that did not make the book that I just didn't get around to writing that uh, if I do a second book, if I get to, will certainly be in it. Uh, will be on the Freddie Mercury tribute show, um, which was, I want to say, 1992 at the old Wembley Stadium in London, the year after Freddie passed away. And that was... Uh, an all-star lineup, you, you had different bands come out and play sets, Def Leppard, Metallica, Extreme. And then for the second half of the show, the surviving members of Queen, 
they brought out every huge rock star on the planet. And, and they, if I had to pick like one show that was the most spectacular, coolest thing I saw, it likely would be the Freddie Mercury tribute show. It was, you know, James from Metallica doing uh, Stone Cold Crazy with Queen and then David Bowie and Annie Lennox doing Under Pressure. It was just, and it went on and on and on. Um, and even though I just I remember that footage of like uh, Tony Iommi just worshiping Brian May. And it's just like, wow, for Tony Iommi to be like, flipping out over somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and what, what a lot of people don't realize, uh, uh, Tony Iommi and Brian May have been best friends for decades. So it was mm -hmm. no surprise. Tony was up there. I, I can't remember the exact set list and lineup, but I think Tony played on several different songs. He was, he was just up there playing. And, uh, you know, the first band I ever saw in concert, like I mentioned before, was Black Sabbath. So I'm always excited to see Tony. But to see him up there basically as as backup in in the best of ways i don't mean that as a dig i i, I mean he's up there for the best of reasons willingly right to yeah, help like, out one of his best friends it, it was really just one of those things it just took your breath away you know all those cliche things you hear oh it was magic oh it was a spiritual moment all that shit in this case at that show was all absolutely true well uh before we uh, wind down i did want to uh, talk a little bit about rock radio uh, obviously being someone who has quite a bit of experience with it. You know, it's something we talk about on the show here a lot uh, and mainly about how, uh, you know, active rock, hard rock stations are kind of going away. Like we're all based in New York, all of us hosts. There's no real uh, hard rock station here. There's a classic rock station and that's yeah. really the only outlet now for rock. Uh, and with, you know, not to speak of like, the, you know, where radio is in general as a format uh, in terms of uh, popularity and acceptance. But like, how do you see like with uh, rock radio and, and just rock in general, like how, how is there a way to get back to the uh, sort of like mainstream situation that we were in maybe like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or is it just a niche thing? You know, I, I know it's easy to explain particularly hard rock or, or for people who don't know, like, like you mentioned, active rock is what like the modern hard rock format would be uh, referred to in, in the broadcast industry. Um, it's easy to say, yeah, it's only a niche, but who sells to all the concert tickets? Like I refuse to believe that this is a niche and, you know, virus nonsense aside, most of the concert tickets sold around the country are rock tickets and and that's split up really well between you know harder newer bands uh and you know there are still big classic rock bands that sell a lot of tickets and you know classic rock should certainly be on the, the radio as much as it is but yeah i i scratch my head at how little respect rock is given in general and specifically hard modern rock again what whatever Labels people want to. I, I'm I'm not into labels. I'm just trying to describe it as people would would best understand. Part, part of the reason is I think sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And um, one thing that that really pisses me off is um, often you see a band start to succeed in rock, and the minute that they start to sell some albums or sell some tickets, there's a whole lot of people both fans and, and, and music media people who want to shit all over them. 
And it's like, fuck, we tear down our own houses. The other thing is we all have to band together and start to fight for respect from the rest of the industry. The most glaring example of that is the fucking Grammy Awards. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a Naris member. I'm a Grammy voter. And I've been ready to quit on a couple of occasions. But then I thought, I don't want to give up. You know, right. when, when, you know, it pisses me off when they leave famous hard rock people like Vinnie Paul out of the memorial segments or they refuse to put anybody on the telecast. You know, I, I floated the idea again, like I'm no big wig in this business, so I, I, I can't command this, this kind of uh, uh, movement from people, but maybe rock bands start to, to sue the Grammy Awards because the Grammy Awards are supposed to represent all of the membership. And if the only bands getting on there are fucking pop bands, and again, I have nothing against pop music, and there are great pop musicians. It's like any other genre. Some of it's great and some of it sucks. Some of it you think should win some awards and maybe some of it shouldn't. And So, so I, I do not have an ax to grind against pop per se, but the fact that they get basically the entire telecast is bullshit. And I know, and, and I know, the initial reaction from a lot of people in rock is to go, oh, fuck it, it's the fucking Grammy Awards, nobody cares, fuck them, we don't need them. Well, that's a shitty attitude to have, and if, if, and if you wonder why we're, we're not covered on as many radio formats or, or the, our bands don't get on TV shows as much, it's because we have ceded this ground um, to, uh, ceded this ground to um, uh, other uh, genres and uh, other formats. And uh, I think the time has come where we have to fight for what we deserve. And part of that is, is getting our bands, our artists, back on things like the Grammy Awards. The Grammy Awards get seen by zillions of people around the world. Why the fuck shouldn't we have all the rock bands we can on there? And by the way, I, it is not lost on me that sometimes the only thing that you get for rock on the Grammy Awards is Dave Grohl for five seconds yeah. applauding somebody. That's, and that's, that's it. That's, it's like, well, that's, there we that's are. The bone they throw rock on. and roll for this year. Yeah. So again, uh, but I absolutely I would... agree. It's like, it's like representation. <laughs> it, it, it's putting ourselves in, in front of those eyeballs. Advertisers see it. Advertisers will then like, it, it's a whole thing because it's like with that, it kind yeah. of helps educate these, these brands to like, like feature rock and then it'll it'll help rock it'll help all rock bands if uh, a rock band gets pulled up into that mainstream architecture yeah, yeah. so lou and, and, and so again I, I am oh, sorry go ahead generally oh thank you thank you very much i appreciate it i just want to remind people if they want to get my fabulous best-selling book uh <laughs> you can uh, get it through amazon you can get the uh ebook uh through kindle or anywhere you get ebooks uh, and of course, the audiobook, which I narrated myself, uh, is available from Audible and anywhere you get uh, audiobooks. But if you need a break from all these shitty things happening and you miss concerts, uh, this I hope will be a really good book for you to check out. And I appreciate the time on here. And you guys do great work, and uh, I'm really honored to be on. Yeah. Lou, thank you so much for taking the time to, to hang also out with check us. out your, thank your uh, you. photography. You didn't even have a chance to talk about that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, we're all good? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all set. But yes. do you want to plug your photography, by the way? Uh, no one just mentioned it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Uh, just to follow Lou Brutus on just to follow Lou Brutus on Instagram for all those neat uh, photos you've been taking of bands over the years. 
Oh, yeah. And, and lately, uh, I've been trying to put more of the concert photography up on Instagram just because we can't go to live shows. Uh, so <laughs> at Lou Brutus on Instagram, at Lou Brutus on Twitter, uh, Lou Brutus Rocks on Facebook. And again, if you forget any of that or you need info on the book, uh, the website is chock full of info. And, and actually, there's galleries of tons of photos, too. So LouBrutus.com. And thank you again. Thank you so much, Lou. Have a great night. That was Lou Brutus. <laughs> Seamless. And, uh, and uh, thank you, Lou. And sorry for the little technical issue we had at the end there. We're still getting the, the hang of the Zoom situation. Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you to Lou. And uh, he was talking about the Arctic Circle and not necessarily Antarctica, which is what I thought. Just the two uh, farthest points possible apart on the globe. That's all. No big deal. I didn't realize that Metallica played, played the Arctic Circle. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I never knew that. No. What were you going to uh, say, Noah? I was going to say, has anybody guessed my background yet? You're Israeli-Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> what do I win? What do I win? What's it's Romanian, thing? not Hungarian. Oh, oh so, so nothing. So you lose! <laughs> <laughs> Looks Damn. like you're in a karaoke video. That's all. That's my best guess. Anybody else, Rob? It's. The, it's I know it. I know hmm. it for real. I'll wait. Is it Rob? Is it Pluto? Incorrect. Is it Earth two five seven? You only get one guess, Darren. Noah, you're very clever. It's the planet Uranus. Yes, it's Uranus. Oh my god, I get it. <laughs> My funny joke. <laughs> and, there's, and by the way, there's 69 so stars right, right in the mm. background. Too. <laughs> Get it? 69420. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, you're right. I just want to say, for all the technical difficulties, uh, it could always be worse. Uh, we could have been the SNL uh, Zoom episodes. Because that, oh. was, that was tragic. They are. Ah, there, there would be like one or two sketches, but a lot of them. I feel like it. It's always hit or miss, so it was still hit or miss. It's it was it's especially miss. I feel, uh, and like it's the. F well, I start. I, I've been losing my patience with SNL this season. This season was the one that that I'm just like I don't have the time to watch sketches. So I kind of do a format very similar to how we do thrash it or trash it. In that, <laughs> I give the sketch one minute, and then it's kind it's kind of like. It, within the first minute, you get what the, you know, like the the joke of the sketches or whatever. What are you, you so know? busy doing that you can't just fast forward through an episode? Watching literally anything else. No, I'm saying it's like, it's it's, true. I'm like, all right, I, I get the bit and it's not going anywhere. They're just repeating the same joke. I, I cannot watch the rest. Well, that's and the some, thing. There's sometimes the I do wait until the, like I'll fast forward and if it looks like it escalates, I'll watch the end bit. But it never escalates. That's exactly what I was going to say is that there's other forms of sketch comedy where they sort of start in a place where you get the joke kind of the same as SNL, but it goes somewhere and it gives you some kind of intellectual like twist or something. SNL never goes anywhere. It's like the same joke repeated. And this is, I would say, for the live sketches, I feel like the commercials are actually really good and mostly hit versus miss. Anything that they do on video, like outside the studio audience, has a much better chance of, of being halfway decent or good. Uh, but yeah, this week was not 
particularly funny. Uh, and how are they even uh, doing it? I'm not watching it. Like, what what do they do? A lot they of them have, are filming it at home by themselves. A lot of it is like Zoom stuff. There were like three sketches about Zoom this week, like yeah. about Zoom meetings specifically, which it's just like, how much can you it, say about it? And they did that the first at home episode. So I feel like they sort of, those bases were already covered. And the joke is just like, oh, hey, aren't Zoom meetings a total clusterfuck? It's like, okay, yes, but then so is this sketch. So maybe don't keep doing it. We get it. That, yeah. that I agree with. That was a mistake. But it's still, you know, I still like it. Does the world need SNL, really? I mean, does the world need anything? Yeah, I, I would, like, if that doesn't, it, it's, it's like, is SNL making money? Yes, then the world still needs it. That's the, does the world need a five-finger death punch, Sid? Not, my, same, not my world, but I'm you have sure the same, the same, uh You have the same laissez-faire attitude about, well, would you rather see them stop making uh, making music? I mean, oh, I see, if I see where you're getting Death at there. Punch was on SNL, that might be a bridge too far. <laughs> but that would just, but that would just make you not want them on SNL. It would make wanting the destruction of both things, which is what's actually warranted. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> listen, I, listen, it's all in phases. SNL next year could all of a sudden be great again. You never know. It depends on the writing. It depends on the cast. It's not the same people every year. It comes I will say, Well, I feel like in the last two years, there's a huge decline. And I think a big part of it was that the two lead writers, Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly, left. And after that, it's kind of been kind of like a shell. Their comedy sexual like, show. Great. A-plus. Yes, the other two. But, uh, yes, I feel like in the last two years, it, like before, like I feel before the last two years, there was a period of three or four years where it was more hit than miss. And there were some episodes that were just like, wow, this is just absolutely hilarious. But it, I feel like I haven't felt that way too much this season. I guess the Eddie Murphy episode was pretty good. Should we get uh, Sean on to defend it? <laughs> I, don't, I, feel I don't think he would want us talking about this. Uh, with yeah, guys. and I like Sean too much to put him in that position to do have to do that. Sean two and three wide nut is the number. <laughs> two, and, two and three wide nut is the number if you want to tell us your position. <laughs> on this season of SNL. Oh, on that, and, uh, okay. And uh, I also, uh, really quickly, before we get the show moving along, want to talk about a band. And now let me see if I can pronounce this right. Oran C. Pazuzu. 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 Oran C. Pazuzu. Oran C. Pazuzu. There we go. Oran C. Pazuzu. Finland's experimental anti-traditionalists have unleashed their fifth album, Menstar, Menstarinsky. Menstar, wait, Menstar, yes, I got it. Menstarinsky. Menstarinsky. The men's are for you. Menstarinsky. It translates into the master's claw, and it's out now via Nuclear Blast Records. Arancy, of course, means orange which is the color of the cosmic energy. And Pazuzu is the ancient demon of the wind. Fittingly, the band's swirling kaleidoscope of psychedelia has blown through the underground to redefine boundaries since their inception in 2007. You can listen now wherever you stream music, or you can order the CD and vinyl at nuclearblast.com. Oranzi Pazuzu. 
Pazuzu was the uh, demon's name in The Exorcist. Wasn't that the woman who never won a daytime Emmy? No, that was uh, what? Susan Lucci? Close. Close. Pazuzu is what escaped from my ass before we started this show. Yeah. <laughs> you laid it, you, you dropped the turd in the toilet and it said, Yo, mama sucks cocks in hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Orensi is the word for orange? Orange. Yes. Is that the new uh, a Trump bird on Twitter? <laughs> Orensi man bird. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right to me. Timely. Uh, speaking of timely, uh, the have we talked about that later this week is going to be the first official post-lockdown concert? The fo- first socially distanced concert is happening. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, where? Uh, let me read the story because there's is so. Is it Pazuzu? <laughs> it is not. God I mean, damn it. Sweden is, uh, they never locked down, so maybe it is. It's not in Sweden. It's here in America. The first American uh, show will be in Fort Smith, Arkansas, uh, with country artist, country rock artist Travis McCready. Leroy, uh, are you a fan of Travis? Should we know about this guy? Should this guy be on our radar? Uh, it'll be taking place at the Temple Live, May 15th. Oh, wait, wait, at the Temple? They reopened the Temple? <laughs> Sid? This, this is a You monster! You monster! You're responsible for killing people! I got bills to pay, son. Rob, will you be selling water at this uh, so show? He's selling Clorox. I'm sorry. Leroy is a band. What is his name? Travis McCready? Yes. Okay, Rob will be selling water at the Travis McCready <laughs> show. McCready. McCready. It says. McCready. Because get it because he's greedy for performing oh, right now. Oh, I he's see. He's willing to murder people to do to sell tickets. So this is now by the way, this is an official concert in that like you can get tickets on Ticketmaster. This is just like I didn't look it up. I'll look it up. So so Ticketmaster did not like quit. You would, even though Ticketmaster is shitty in general, I would think that their corporate sensibility would they would not want to involve themselves in this. Uh, you are wrong. They, their corporate sensibility right, would want to get shows started as soon as possible so they could start making money. So here's is how this it works. the only link on the Ticketmaster page? Like if you go to Ticketmaster.com, <laughs> like it's just this show and that's it. Like, <laughs> Ticketmaster is probably selling tickets to all non-canceled shows. Right. Now. They'll they'll hold on to your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't care. It's true. So I, I just want to be clear. Like I'm not defending Ticketmaster. I just think. There's such negative publicity around things like this. Well, right? so well, hear, hear me out. Not in Arkansas. The, the venue, well, right. Arkansas is actually one of the uh, first states to like reopen, and Missouri as well. Uh, and so, uh, sorry, let me find this post. Okay, here we go. Ticketmaster uh, says that the venue typically has a capacity of 1,100 people and it will be reduced to 229 seats separated into what Ticketmaster is calling fan pods. Ticketmaster will be selling groups in uh, of 2 to 12 tickets and then distancing those seats at least 6 feet apart from other concert goers. What 
group of 12 is quarantining together. Why do you need 12 seats together? <laughs> the Brady Mormons? Bunch will be going yeah. to Wisconsin. Uh, well, I, with, coincidentally, fan pods is what they're calling the body bags when they drag out of the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so look, all, there goes another six fan pods. <laughs> all attendees will be required to wear face masks and have their temperature taken upon entry. By the way, I just want to say, having your temperature taken seems like the emptiest gesture to me because it's like, it, it doesn't mean it. I mean, sure, I guess if you have a, a fever, you shouldn't be let in regardless. Well, Rob, but, this, in this case, it won't be empty because they'll be doing it rectally. So there will be, there will be nothing empty about it. They're going <laughs> to jam it right up your cornhole. Also, so, it's, the, it's not empty for the poor fucking venue worker that has to take these idiots' temperature. And catch everything that they're yeah, well, no, right? like, it, it, it's By the way, it's not like a thermometer they're sticking in their tongue. It's a wand. It's like a gun. It's like still, a ray gun. Even still. You keep a distance. Uh all attendees will be required to wear face masks and have their temperature taken. Face masks will be sold at the event to attendees who do not bring any, because God forbid they provide them. Concessions will be, will be served in sealable containers and cups. Bathrooms will be limited to 10 people at a time. I, why are they even selling concessions? Uh, yes, don't, don't sell food or drinks. People have to take their masks off to consume it. Listen, when I'm rocking out to Mr. McGreedy, I need some fucking wings. I'm sorry. I'll slip Nachos. it right in under the mask. I'll have my wing. And I need my approved uh, Lester McGreedy uh, 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 face mask, too, with the logo on it. The <laughs> tour the logo bars. with all the tour stops on it across my <laughs> fucking lips and nose. It just says, here. <laughs> yeah. That's the one it. tour stop. Good it's like it's one of, no, they give you one of these masks like we saw last week, that woman at that uh, truck. It just, oh, it's just with the <laughs> You just cut out the mouth so you could eat. All right, okay. You still wear a mask, but you can still eat. Uh, (laughs) You know what they could use? They could use those, like, sexy underwear with, like, the zipper (laughs) as a face mask, and you just, like, unzip it. Mm. So I looked it up. Tickets are $20. Uh And uh, let me share my screen really quick so you guys could see how, like, there's really not that many tickets left. But just to see how they split it up, I feel like it is – indicative of uh um what you'll be expecting rob did you get any comps for this (laughs) (laughs) is metal injection sponsoring metal injection is not so here here's the the c so only the upper area is now available Uh oh so that's all sold out there yeah well is or not being sold because if you see all the tickets available there's these six packs, and then there's a row that they're keeping distant, and then another six pack. So you think so? So if I want to go to this show, I have to buy all six of those seats. I don't know. Let's see. No, no, I could just buy. Oh, must so that, purchase six seats. Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. So is that twenty bucks a seat? Plus fees. Oh, yeah, yes. that's how they get you. So if you want to go with your buddy or something, you want you you got to buy six. So they're not really $20. They're really $120. Plus probably another $100 of fees. That's how much it costs. Is this illegal to be broadcasting a Ticketmaster purchase? (laughs) Our entire audience right now is rooting for you to accidentally buy these tickets. (laughs) So it's another $67 in fees? Ooh. Oh, my God. Look at it. A facility charge? A $6 service fee. What's what is the service charge? fee? You're no, doing like, all the work. We're taking your temperature, goddammit. No, 
I get the facility charge is the facility charge you three dollars for the honor of scanning your ticket like that. <laughs> and service fee service fee on paper is like they're running their website and it's like like right. funds them. This whole yeah, the interf paying the, the tech. Okay. How about order processing fee? You're you're doing all the work. You clicked all right. those tickets. Right. You're paying two dollars for the privilege of ordering. <laughs> That's allegedly probably like some jerk off sitting in his house that has to take care of each order and like send the tickets out or whatever. But they're yeah, not. It's all, uh, it's all computer online tickets. Yeah, this There's is no a mobile tickets. ticket. Yeah, they're saying mobile or will call. I guess for will call, then if you if you choose will call, then I understand the processing fee. Uh oh, it's I got it. <laughs> Press got it. Press got it. Purchase Hurry ticket. Up, Purchase Rob. ticket. Before they sell out, let's go. No. Next road trip. Rob, put your credit card information in on the screen. All <laughs> stuff. What an it's... evil, satanic fucking company this is. They are, like, more evil than Pazuzu. <laughs> <laughs> they are worse than the orange Pazuzu. <laughs> they are the motherfucking red Pazuzu. Like, who's, are they worse or is the venue worse for having the show go on? It's the venue. Both, Ticketmaster, both. look, Ticketmaster, they're providing the service. Like, <laughs> no, you're the, providing the service. You're doing all the work. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, 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 for, they're not the ones deciding to do the show. They're, but like this whole thing, if we could just take a step back, this whole okay. thing is ridiculous. Why? How are there shows before there's tests? How are you doing any shows if you don't know if the person has fucking coronavirus or not? Uh, well, we they're going to take the temperature, Rob. Didn't you hear? <laughs> they're going to wave a wand. At this point, it's, it's like, look, I honestly, I hate when other shows start doing medical advice or medical speculation because I feel it's a little, like, leave that to the professionals. But... I feel like it's mo a lot, but having said that, let me do a little <laughs> medical talk. <laughs> okay, like Dr. A lot, Oz. These, a lot of these coronavirus cases, they don't even have a fever. So it's like, how do you know? You just don't know. You can't, like, how? how they got the anyone, eyes. They got the coronavirus eyes. You can see it in their expression. <laughs> everyone no. is just, like, giving up on the idea of just mass testing. Like, we need the fucking tests. Oh, I, I took like an antibody test. What? And I'm going to get the result on Thursday, so I have no updates. How'd that happen? Uh, they took my blood. They Who's they? The doctor. They just came what? to your door? You don't know that was a no, doctor? No, I went to the doctor's office. Okay. So I, I don't, I don't want, did you have to sign a disclaimer? A, a waiver, rather? Ooh, ice no? cream truck. Who's, Who's that coming from? Truck? It's not me. That's for me. It's for me. It's I, I do have an ice cream truck on my block every night, too, though, but that's not me. Rob, does the ice cream man just sit outside your window? Because he's like <laughs> You're a mark or something. <laughs> and no, you just lowered down a dollar like on a fishing pole. It's like waiting for Godot. I was, I was, I was wondering, day. how does that work? How are you eating like for how are you eating ice cream if you're out in public? Like do you just take it home? Like what do you do? I d Rob, I go out on my runs every day with extreme safety precautions, by the way. And I see people eating, I see people touching things, I see people with no masks. I see people walking in close-knit huddles of six, seven, and eight yep. people at a time. They are doing absolutely – like, not everybody, obviously. I would say this is a major, a minority of people. Some people are not taking it seriously. I agree. But, but it's not that small of a minority. It's a good yeah. 20 to 25% of people yeah. doing this yeah. shit. And it's I mean, fucking frightening. 
It is scary. And I think it's really, the scariest is, is the, uh, how our, and I don't, I don't want to fall down too far down this rabbit hole, how the president gives messaging on safety precautions and then kind of contradicts his messaging. He begrudgingly gives the messaging and then doesn't follow any of the messaging yeah. himself. But no, to your antibody test thing, uh, yeah, I, my, the, the primary care doctor that I have also offers it, and I was uh, interested in it. And they were like, we can give you the test, but you have to sign this waiver. Uh, and, and I want to read this waiver. And this waiver just kind of shows you, tells you everything you need to know about these antibody tests. Because they, like, what, from what I've read, again, I'm not a scientist, that uh, because of how strict the FDA was with the, uh, the other tests, they were much looser with these antibody tests where they've approved so many of them that a lot of them have false positives or false negatives. So with that said, uh, before you come in, and this was the disclaimer, the waiver I had to agree to. Before you come in, we want to make sure that you're aware of some limitations of this first generation of antibody testing. In particular, the test may have false positives and false negatives and cannot be used as the sole basis to diagnose or exclude COVID-19 infection or to inform infection status. Negative results do not rule out COVID-19 infection. What's the point? Particularly in those who have been in contact with the virus. It sounds like Pos Trump. Hold on. Positive results may be due to past or present infection with non-COVID-19. 19 coronavirus strains and are not intended to imply that you are immune to COVID-19. This test has not been reviewed by the NDA. Do you consent for testing based on this disclaimer? It's like, why even bother? Yeah, yeah. what's the point? It's to make people feel better. That's all. But yeah, what, so an antibodies present in your, in your system would mean you've had it already and it's been through you, correct? Right. right. You yes. have to have it or have had it for the antibody test to come back positive. Okay. But also, now let's say they had a 100% antibody test that worked perfectly, hypothetically, okay? D you still can get it, correct? Like you can get a different strain of COVID-19. Well, that's not clear. They don't that, know. That, they so don't let's know. assume yes. They don't know if, if you, right, exactly. So They're we saying, should act like, yes. You don't know, yeah. you, we don't know that you are fully immune to getting it again because right. it's such a new virus that there hasn't been enough uh, case studies and, and not like we're learning by the day. And also because the, three months behind. Because the healthcare uh, system in this country has been stripped to, for profit and we can't test anybody either or study it because we're like a third world country when it comes to hospitals and stuff. Well, I got it not because I want to go out in public and, you know, I think that if I have antibodies, I'm safe. I got it because I want to know if I had coronavirus because I got really sick in a way that I, never, that I hadn't gotten sick before, like in Feb like late February. And it was before they were saying that coronavirus was even here. Mm. How did so, you get sick? What were your symptoms? Um, I had a little bit of a temperature, but it wasn't like that high, but it was not 98 degrees. Uh, I had stomach aches and pooping issues. I had migraines and night sweats and just like, and I had a cough, but I didn't have mucus. So I, I went to the doctor for it. Cause I was like, what is this? And I had it for like over a week and um, they just like said, oh, you just need to rest. It's nothing. And they just checked me for strep throat, which I didn't have. Did they give you a pregnancy test? 
<laughs> I was gonna make the same joke. <laughs> I wasn't. Thanks, Darren. You're welcome. No, they did. I had a, I had a much worse one, but I, I, I'll, I'll let it go. Two one three. Why not? Did you have a pregnancy joke? Let us know. Uh, while we're live. Um. So I'm going to ask if you were sure that it was the doctor and not just like the Mr. Softy man outside, like the <laughs> knock on your door. <laughs> uh, another thing, so it's, it's blowing my mind, like, you know, health experts have said uh, fall 2021, 2021, I don't like to say 2000. Yeah, we're pa- after 2019, I feel like we're, you have to start saying 20. Like, there's no more. You don't have to. It just sounds awkward now. Like the reason you couldn't yeah. say it was because 2001 just sounded weird. But yeah. now that it's, you know, now that we're into real numbers, it's no different than like 1986 or something. Just say 20, motherfuckers. I I'm with you. <laughs> uh, well, so it's it's amazing to me. Health experts have said, you know, mass gatherings fall 2021. And like, uh, the music industry is just fucking hell bent on getting shows open before that. <laughs> like before we have a fucking mass testing, before we have uh, a vaccine. vaccine, before any of that. Uh, and so there was uh, the, so there's all these alliances forming, all these like coalitions, like how do we work together to fucking just, you know, blindly do this. And so there's an event safety Alliance reopening guide that was just released with, it's a 25 page thing on like how you can reopen. And it's absurd. It's like, uh, you you know, you got to do masks and, and and like uh, all the bathrooms have to be washed every like half hour or like, what? Like, how are you even? I'm okay with that so far. No, it's not that it's not not that it's not good. It's like how do they are they going to be expected to do all this shit? Right. Uh, As as soon as vendors load in, uh, should be regularly disinfected uh, during the show. And it's like everything: door handles, bike racks, handrails, blah 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 blah. But then, like they're saying, you also now they're going to have to put like tape on the floor in GA to create essentially fan oh, pods. Good luck. <laughs> and to, to enforce social distancing at the shows. Because now good they're going to... The, the, I guess the idea is, you know, with the reopening, everyone's saying you first reopen at like 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. So they're going to undersell all these shows. And they're going to have these, these little fan... Like little areas. And there's going to be a banning of mosh pits and crowd surf. Which for me, I love it. Yeah, so far everything's a positive development in this story. Uh, but I just, I can't see it being safe to go to shows right now. Uh, and they're saying like, oh, in the smoking area, you have to enforce social distancing. Why is there a smoking area? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> if people are smoking, their mouths are exp- like. Because, Rob, if you promote a show, Without a smoke, my freedoms. Ninety-five percent of the people who would go to the show will not go to the show. Right, or or they won't drink because when you drink, you die for a cigarette. You know, whatever. It's just it's this whole thing is just so just pointless. I mean, it's you. They just should not be make doing shows. Full stop. So anything that you do to try to squeeze a show out of 
your, your opportunity to squeeze your show out is going to be absurd. Like everything uh, about it is absurd. I have a question. Would you want to watch a band on Zoom? Like if they somehow did a show over Zoom? No. Yeah. I'm, th- that's the thing. So now... Uh, like for now. No, of- I don't care. I could just go I mean, on YouTube. Personally. There's already YouTube. You could see an actual concert. Well, let me re- uh, to your point, Noah. Uh, there's virtual concerts being announced now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Silence is planning a virtual world tour. That's my name. Come with the front. Uh, here's the press release. Suicide Silence announces virtual world tour with unique sets, exclusive merchandise, and custom experiences in each market. Each show will feature a professionally filmed multi-camera live set along with an extensive post-performance Q&A. Every market will have its ticket purchase geo-gated within a reasonable radius so that only those in the general area can view this particular stream. Fans will be able to participate in a live chat with each other and the band throughout the experience. All ticket purchasers will have access to exclusive merch collection that includes an official tour shirt specifically for their market, as well as a number of other items that will, be, that will never be sold elsewhere. The stream performance will go on sale several weeks or months in advance, whereas fans will be able to communicate their set list preferences and make other special requests leading up to the show. Other so, special on. requests? What does that mean? I don't know. Shout outs? <laughs> Who knows what that could mean? play this song with one testicle hanging out like how specific can we get yeah, with these it's, requests it's, it's becoming only fans <laughs> right i mean <laughs> why not oh, bruno hello oh. bruno's head only how are you hi <laughs> oh, nightmare <laughs> fuel bruno is in uranus bruno is Bruno's uranus. coming out of uranus very <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of normal usually <laughs> Oh, Bruno loves oh, male yeah. dog, male dog anus. So he just saw <laughs> the other. He saw Uranus, and he's he, he's like a Pavlov's dog. He's he had to running. get in there, yeah. You know, with Bruno in the shot, it kind of looked like that Three Wolves shirt with you and him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought Noah chopped off her dog's head as punishment for some reason. Oh. No, Bruno went on a walk and said goodbye before he left. Oh. But to get back on the on the topic, would you pay for something like that, Noah? No, if it was like Nagelfar or Falconer. <laughs> or Lester McCready. Uh, yeah. See a band from the convenience of my own home? Hmm. And interact I and like... I might, but I do like the live, you know... Nothing, it will never, like... It'll never be not, the same. Yeah, it'll never... Nothing will ever replicate that. It's impossible. It's literally impossible because you don't have the sound system. You don't have the bass shaking your body. You don't yes, have the annoyance but... of people around you. These all but... sound like good things, Rob, that you're listening right now. <laughs> and These also, you just have points. to think of like, you know, bands are trying to figure out ways that they could do something right now and make some money. Right. It's a way to support the artist. That I, uh, that I am for. Can I say, speaking of that, uh, I just saw an ad for uh, some service where John Cleese uh, has a one-on-one Zoom chat with you. Like he just how expensive he, is that? I didn't. It didn't say what the price was. Well, it's but, probably like yeah. a cameo-esque situation. Right? It's a cameo plus. Like you literally go on with him. Oh right, because it's you, a two-way conversation right. with cameo is one way. You can talk to him. Like yeah, cameo is you just tell them what to say. This is like he actually answers your questions. 
And according to him, like you can ask him anything you want to, which I'm sure is not true. I don't know what I would even ask him. Yeah, that, like I, John Cleese. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but I don't have like any biting questions that he yeah, can ask. Yeah, he's done but a lot are, of interviews. There's probably well, other people I would use that service for, and like. Well, I would say here's who it would work for, like a a, a significant other's wedding or or birthday present if they're a big Monty Python fan, or I could see like a screenwriter uh, chatting with him, asking him advice on like writing a script or breaking the script. I don't know. That, that must be expensive because A, he's already a multimillionaire and B, like that's got to be the most tedious thing in the world to like talk to normies all yeah. day about their writing questions, you know? It's like, here, let me read you these three chapters that you give me notes. And then he just sits there in silence for half an hour. Like the guy's it's... holding up his, this is the scene, right? He's holding up his Tell paper. Tell me when to turn. Them. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's reading from his book, not looking up. And when he looks up again, John Cleese is hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> it's just his a, shoes. By a rope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Brutal. Always wanted to end it. That's my chance. I'm going to say. I mean, maybe it's just like a random old man in a face mask and you just think it's Chuck, please. Well, that's pretty good. Some British students like scamming money. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. It's got the worst British accent. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who else is on the service. I wish I could remember the name, but you could probably look backwards look it up by uh, by John Cleese. You know, one-on-one Zoom chat or whatever. It's spelled K-L-E-E-Z, Rob. That's not how you spell it. John Cleese. On anything you please. It's got some kind of weird, weird branded name or something. Whoa, Rob, your chair just phased into the, our, our dimension. Oh, that's like a disturbing. Whoa. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Let's see. I can't find it. Oh, all right. Maybe I'll try to find it while we're discussing some stuff. I am. Oh, here I, we go. Uh, fall, uh, John Cleese 80 charging fans 250 pounds for uh, insult-filled video messages. No, what? So no. Might be cameo. I don't think that's sample? it. That's not it. Yeah, no, that's it. it's talking about his cameo page. And there, I assume there would be a sample because it's... Uh, Cameo has that. Uh, which, by the way, I did a. I ah, I found it. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I looked up uh, what's his name, uh, Vince Neil, on Cameo uh -huh. oh, yeah? to see if like there were any new ones to to make fun of. Like a and quarantine edition. Right. Like if he's done any any new uh, cameos that we can like laugh about, but he is temporarily unavailable. Well, think I mean, about it, man. Think of all these celebrities that can't get their Botox treatments. Oh, while they're on you're right. That's what does Vince Neil even look like right now? He probably finds a way. He's got enough mm. money to bribe the guy to come over to his crib or whatever. I feel like he's like D-list enough that like he's, there's way bigger celebrities well, that are getting the Well, with the Botox thing, you could probably just, they come to your house. It's just like, you don't need to be in a hospital for it. It's just what if, yeah. What if they get you know, like an 83, 83 foot long needle and they just <laughs> guide it through your window or whatever? Oh my god! <laughs> Do we want to watch some John Cleese cameos? Yeah, or... just 
The site is called Fanmio. I couldn't think of the name. F A N M I O. This well, is not I'll check it out in a sec. But uh, let's let's see this John. Let's see how John Cleese roasts folks. Oh, okay. oh my God! He looks like he's about to sneeze on all of these. Hello. Now this is a message for Simon Raybould and uh, or Raybould, Bold, Raybould. Can we get and him to do the cock destroyer speech? Oh, <laughs> it's going to be expensive. <laughs> it might Someone be worth you it. Know called Becky. And I think she's one of your children. She's the eldest, she claims. Uh, and she's age 25. And she says uh, that she wants me to give you a shout out and roast you and, and show uh, show you how much she... You get to the point. He's not the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. Uh, I think it would make more sense if I insulted you uh, with insults from... Hey, let's um, try another one. Can you pause it? I was going to say, that was two two minutes and 14 seconds into the video, and he still was, like, waffling about how to get... I think I should possibly uh, insult you using uh, Henry III, uh, Shakespeare's play. <laughs> And Wait, all of hello, these, he holds Lindsay? the phone like as if it's like POV port, and he's about to get <laughs> a shot to the face. Yeah, I was about to say that this is someone needs to help him with his angle because he's like it's... he's in the lower thirty percent of the yeah. shot in each case. <laughs> John, please, here, about you. to get a nut shot on my chin. <laughs> Very dangly, and <laughs> lots of thick ropes will be blasted across my face. <laughs> My mustache adhering to them will take weeks to get out. Awful, awful. <laughs> I John Cleese my... here. <laughs> Sorry. John Cleese here, wondering aloud. A-S-L. <laughs> John Cleese here, thinking I uh, may be beginning to fancy my stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping that a large African-American individual could bang my wife as her high heels press into my testicles. <laughs> you know John, who's done that. John Cleese for Cameo. <laughs> I do believe that is a dead parrot. If you're into that kind of thing, please commence wanking your Peter now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear a little more. A chap called Will. Will, who claims to be your to be your husband. But I, I, I don't trust him myself. I look at him. I thought he looks a bit shifty. Um, also, he says that you're losing her, your mind. Well, you should be losing it, so you can't spell either. Uh, but what he did tell me, which worries me rather, is you've gone from being a working anesthesiologist to a full-time mom. But he doesn't say when this took place. I don't know if he's referring to the coronavirus and you all being cooped up together. In that case, you're going to really... Look at his neck. Yeah, it's like got that horror movie over there. I mean, he's 800 years old. Yeah. Anyway, this is not funny. 
Yeah. It's hilarious. His videos are not funny, but us making him into a yeah. porn uh, star. Is yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Should we do by mom for Christopher, for Peter? Rob, what I think you should do is scroll down to the bottom where it says enroll as talent and set up your own cameo page and let's see how many hits you get. I don't want to do that. What do you have to lose? Why? Do they charge you just for having the page? No, but I'm just... It's just do it! Do yeah. it! Mama Miss Bunny Hill. <laughs> you put a big, like, button on top of every metal injection page linking to it. <laughs> no. But you know who's going to be your first customer? <laughs> Frankie Palmieri. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I heard of Robert uh, Pazbini or whatever. He has a cameo now. <laughs> whatever, I don't whatever. care. I don't know, even know who he is, really. I, I didn't pay him twenty dollars. I know every detail about his life and like, including where he sold water at a club uh, twenty five years ago. <laughs> I, I know nothing about him. He what once said something about my tattoo. I think he really likes it. Yeah, I just recorded a song uh, where I can specifically call him out and uh, all about him. <laughs> I don't listen to his podcast or nothing. Yeah, I only know exactly uh, the first uh, ten Shlomo rants by heart. And everything. That's, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about him or anything. Imagine if Shlomo was on Cameo. Shlomo. <laughs> more money than I would. <laughs> oh, Shlomo. Shlomo. Oh, Shlomo. Shlomo. Wherefore art thou Shlomo? Oh, Shlomo. John Cleese here, uh, reading, a, reading a cameo for Frankie Palmieri. I believe that name. <laughs> he wants me to say that you should send him $40. On his Patreon. <laughs> what, is, what is a Patreon? Not quite sure what a Patreon is, but send somebody to the Patreon for Frankie Palmieri. Oh, please here for Frankie Palmieri, wondering who is this Robert Pazabini? And <laughs> why does he think that I, John Cleese, am a member of Glass Caskets? <laughs> John Cleese here have been sent 14 pages of information that I'm supposed to read about Robert Fazzabini and also, asterisk at the end, say and emphasize that you don't know who he is. Signed, Frankie Palmieri. Oops, I wasn't supposed to read that part. Oh, sorry. Correction. I do not read the last part that says I do not, <laughs> only the part that says I do not know who Robert Pesapi is. <laughs> there you have it. Frankie Paul Mary, career as dead as Graham Chapman. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's funny you should mention that because Amura this week did officially launch their Patreon. And you can launch your thick ropes onto my face. <laughs> Go to onlyfans.com slash John Cleese. Sorry, go ahead. Amazing. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. You're bookmarking but... that for later. Uh, okay, well, well sh shall we shift to uh, Emir's cameo? Sure. Wait, they have a cameo? Yeah, I mean, not oh, really? a cameo, uh, oh, a Patreon. I got my hopes up. Um, a Patreon, I'm sorry. They probably have a fucking cameo. Oh my wait, God. So wait, so wait, hold on. I have an announcement. Uh -oh. Frankie's oh. podcast is back. No oh my God. How many have there been since we last looked at it? Is it just one? I think he just restarted it. Hold on. I'm not really saying That would be great. Else. Now, 
while you're I'm assuming that probably up, with uh, with the uh, uh, quarantine, he's out, he has plenty of time to record now. I was going to say, while you're looking that up, uh, about the Amur. So this is Amur. This is, so Frankie has his own separate one? No, no, no. This is Amur's. But, all right, so, but the one He's Frankie Amur. Is, he is Amur, but, I mean, I thought it was, like, in the name of Frankie Palmieri. Okay, Well, guys. If, you, if you remember, uh, well, hold on, no. uh, uh, but, like, if you remember a few months ago, he said you can just mail him 20 bucks or PayPal right. him 20 bucks oh, to join their so that's, clubs. so that's to And people were like... Yeah, people are like, this is kind of shady. Why not use like an official service like Patreon? And so that's what they did. So oh, now I get this, it now. He has this welcome video. Good as a dipshit. What's up, people? You know who it is. It is Frankie Palmieri from this band right here. I'm pointing at it from all sides. No confusion. Okay. One of my favorite things about quarantine is like peeking at people's rooms. Yes. And like this is this is like where he lives. This is, and also I want to say like, uh, not that I assume Frankie is some big rock star, but like this is reality. Like he could do like better this, than that. It's yeah. one room though. You don't know how many rooms. Maybe it's he his has studio. Yeah. yeah. You're right, but like this is indicative of what most dudes in bands places look like. It's not some mansion. It's just a, an apartment. I don't think anybody was expecting Frankie Palmieri to live in a mansion, Rob. I think that we're good there. Uh, all right, cool. I noticed the, the marijuana over here. Rob, look at that. Go down to the left. There's like a little bottle of Powerade just sitting on the floor. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> I Where think is that's, that's right, it's right over the second. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, I see. over the second avenue. <laughs> I think I see a Tylenol cold and flu right there on that cabinet. <laughs> this right here? A lot of stains on that door too. <laughs> you get a couple of Clorox wipes on that shit. Got a little Simpsons. Are those handbags hanging off the hook. Probably totes, because you know Ooh. you're living in Queens. You know there's no plastic bags anymore. You need totes. Well, they, I think they relaxed that during the coronavirus. That's true. I think That's we can true. have them. By the way, uh, if you want to see what the fuck we're talking about right yeah. now, and you're listening on audio, you can subscribe to our Patreon. That's right, yeah. patreon.com slash metal injection livecast to get video versions of these handy dandy hippies. Uh, okay, so here it is. Okay, so um, yeah, we're launching a Patreon page. Here's the deal the world is completely fucking upside down. Normally, we would be out in the world performing live, meeting the people, hanging out at every single show, just pumping out as much content and as much energy into the world as we can. Uh, for the fans. The fans, and I know I say it all the time, but it's goddamn truth. The fans are the entire reason anything about Emir exists whatsoever. Uh, pause it for a so second, please. This is no different. Can you pause it? I, I There might be something, maybe it's because we're on Zoom. There's something wrong with the audio. I hear this horrible screeching like a, <laughs> like a falcon or a vulture in the background while he's talking. Is that our audio equipment fucking up? No, no, no. That's Emir. That's Emir? That is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. What is, what is, people listen to this? Not many. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> you could fill one um, socially distanced Ar Arkansas concert venue with the amount of people who listen to this. Maybe. Well, let, let's not let Frankie get any ideas. No. Giving you guys an opportunity to be a part of some unique content that normally no, no one else would ever have access to. Me and Josh have been talking for a while now, but Waste makes it interesting. We think we have some fucking cool shit lined up for you guys. Who's Josh? Um, 
the guitarist Josh. of the band. The, yeah, Josh from Wales. Oh man, that's it. He moved on from. Call back. Oh, that's so he's, sad. He's moved up in the world. I feel like this should have ended thirty seconds ago. So yeah, uh, again, you know, world is fucking totally nuts. We can't do what we do. This is our best chance to connect with you guys and also deliver um, on a creative front that uh, normally we wouldn't be able to. So uh, I hope that like the... if you're watching this, you have. He's even adopting like the begging, like like uh, like posture. Like he's like, please give me money. He looks almost like the uh, the right wing alt right uh, caricature of a Jew when they do the, like, oh the, my the God. big nose guy. He's yeah, I can guy. see it. <laughs> Send us money. He's like the rat faced Jew stereotype guy. Even the slightest interest in the Patreon page, check out the tiers list. Uh, I'm sure you probably see something that catches your eye. And this is my like 4,000th time making this video. So I don't know how best to spell it for you guys, but the Patreon page is- He is so awkward. Like he Why? can't even look at the camera. He's yeah. like, like he's like a gun is being held to his head to do this Patreon. Can I ask something? Why did he do this video 4,000 times? Is it just 4,000 bad takes that he did? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's what, what he's saying. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know how to ask for money nicely. Oh my God, what a crock of shit. Hope you check it out. Your support literally means everything to us. And I hope that you're being safe. Make sure you wash your hands, you know, call your loved ones. And uh, that's really it. Uh, I can't make another one of these. I, I My brain's gonna explode. But yes, this is the deal. We're, we're on Patreon now. Please subscribe, check it out. And if you don't give a shit, hopefully we'll see you in the future when things get back to normal. And uh, that's really it. Thank you guys, much love and uh, peace out. You know what I Was noticed? <laughs> he likes to mix his music hot like on his podcast on this thing so you could barely hear him it's really annoying Smart. yeah i mean but then you the thing you're hearing instead of him is also him yeah Ooh, a personalized thank you video from members of immure it'll take wonder... him four thousand times to get the video finished that's the if you, that's the perk that you, you have to, you don't get it for a long time <laughs> If you, if you pay $25, you get a personalized video from Amur, and if you pay $50, you don't get a personalized video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's Fanmeo. my 50. Here's John so Cleese th doing This Fan looks Mio. cheaper, at least $29.99. Yeah. So what do you get? Bronze package, shirt and chance to meet John Cleese. Uh, oh, gross. Uh, what's, the, what, what's gross? 200. Wearing Whoa. that shirt. Yeah. Where do you meet him, though? You meet him on Zoom. Like, you don't yeah. really meet him. One-on-one -on -one video meet, meet, meet him in a personal meeting group. Yeah. Only five will be selected. Guaranteed to have a personal one-on-one -on -one meet, meet and greet, which is $200. But look, if times are tough, you could pay as low as $36 a month with Klarna. That's nice. That I don't even know what's Klarna. I'm assuming it's like a, a, a an Uber for fucking payment plans. So it's <laughs> like it's like just you financing your. Uh... Yes, exactly. You finance. Oh, your... oh my god! Imagine yeah. being so broke that you, but you still need to talk to John Cleese <laughs> that badly that you finance this. Jesus Christ! So now for three hundred, you also get. Oh no, you get. I'm trying to see what the difference is here. You still get the one on one. You get an autograph. Oh, you get an autograph. The shirt and a ticket to one of his events. Okay. Okay. For three. I, so it seems like either three hundred for a cameo or three hundred for this. This seems like a much better deal. You actually sure. get to talk to him. Yeah. But he, 
Oh no! Oh my God, Floyd Mayweather, oh, Fat Joe! Oh God, I gotta see what Fat Joe says. For four hundred dollars, oh, for a thousand dollars, punch your wife. Why does I mean Floyd Mayweather gets like twenty million dollars a fight? Like, why does he need this? Because what's his nickname, Darren? Money. That's it. But like, he's like, hey, you give me a thousand dollars, I'll talk to somebody for five. Yeah. Minutes. That's what, but I'm saying, like, even that, like, if you're on that level of money, he probably has at Here. close to a billion dollars. Let's hear his hype. He has oh, a lot of that. medical bills, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the one and only Floyd Money Mayweather. The best of the best. The best of any era. But wait, guess what? You already knew This that. isn't, wait, isn't this Kevin Hart? <laughs> no. I think you played the wrong one, Rob. I would love to invite you to Famio, where you can personally meet me in a one-on-one -on -one video meet and greet. Wow, he's reading. Good for him. If you're a well, fan, yeah. Famio is the place. He's not reading, Rob. All... He's uh, someone's saying it next to him, like very low, and he's just someone's like, minding Noah, it to him. No, just so you understand the reference, there's been a long rumor that he is uh, illiterate. Not a rumor. I said uh, someone's miming it to him. 50 oh. Cent actually provided proof of this. Uh, I think it was 50 Cent, right? I'm not sure. But he, I think so, yeah. He played uh, like a backstage, like he was reading some read for a radio show uh -huh. he was on. Oh, for a hip-hop show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right? saw this, yeah. And he couldn't do it, and he was getting frustrated. Like, he couldn't read off the paper. So that was revealed as proof that he cannot read. Celebrities, now here's your chance to meet me, no matter where you at, around the world. You can ask me anything. Ask me about all 50 fights. Ask now that I think about it, you're right, he isn't reading. They're just feeding him a line after line because yeah, every line they cut. Yep. He was my eating regimen. Ask me what's my best fight. He's ask also doing that begging night. thing. Ask. ask me what I do every day, every time. Have you played that sketch, ask me? Just don't, just don't ask me what's on my, my hat or my shirt because I can't <laughs> read what the fuck it says. Oh, Tim Curry. Oh. Tim Curry, the one person of the well, I guess John, please. But let's see how much Tim Curry. By the way, that's a so like I, a, that's at least a twenty-year-old photo of John Cleese. Welcome <laughs> to my home. Oh, Playing, oh. shooting out of my head. Oh, it looks terrible. Good. Looks like he had yeah. a stroke. Yeah, he's talking out of one side of his face. That sucks. Oh, Tim Curry. He's actually pretty reasonable. Well, this is just to like watch something. This isn't to actually oh. go back and forth, I don't think. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, so this is you get like a Tim Cur a Tim Curry shoot. <laughs> Does he talk about Baby Daniel? <laughs> if he's got some Baby Daniel takes. I might sign up. Sure. Can if we just go to, make if you him go to the next? Things? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you go to the next page, you can pay five hundred dollars to push up the left side of his face. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Take a bow, Noah. Savage. Line of the week. That's terrible. That's terrible. I'm going to hell. Oh, God. You could pay Floyd Mayweather to punch it back into position. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a caller. Ooh. Let's see if this works. 956, you're on the live cast. 956. Hello. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, this is Ed the Beast from Deep South Texas. 
I called in uh, two weeks ago for the first time. I'm the blind amputee. Okay. Right. What's Hello, up, Ed. Well, hey, good news. We can have Hello. Floyd Mayweather uh, punch your eyesight back <laughs> via fanmeo.com. It's possible. We can try. Very reasonable. That. Say that again. I'm sorry? I, we didn't hear the last thing you said. What did you say? Oh, no, I said I would gladly appreciate it if you punch back my fucking eyesight. Well, we, we can <laughs> only try. We can try. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Uh, I, I, I haven't uh, listened to the podcast uh, because Ever? I am having trouble trying to, uh, uh, you know, hear it live oh. weekly. So I just uh, wanted to call in and say hi. And uh, again... Just show my appreciation to you guys for getting me through, uh, you know, the past couple of months. You guys are fucking hilarious. Darren, your fucking voices are phenomenal. You're the band. Robert, you're the fucking guy, dude. You're oh. fucking awesome. Noah, oh, my God. I, I don't know where, where to start with you, man. I, seriously, you're fucking, you are, in my, in, my, in my opinion, like the perfect woman. Uh, Sid... Nope. The jury is out on you, man. I don't know. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. That's the way Sid would have wanted it. Yeah. He doesn't want praise shot on him. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, man. I just, I just want you know, just, just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything uh, that you've, uh, you know, you, you, you guys do. I mean, just kudos to, to, to all four of you, man. Just thank you very much for giving me through just some very dark times, man. Just. Are you still in the Hopsdale? I mean, hospital? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, actually, uh, I'm home now. Uh, so I'm doing a lot better. Uh, you know, I just got um, some, uh, some um, you know, uh, I got my, my wound. I still have to, you know, nurse. And I, I'm still going to dialysis. But, uh, you know, that's a, a lifelong thing, I guess, until I can uh, get a, a kidney transplant. Mm. Rob, do you want to give him a kidney? But other than that, Rob, see how much it costs on uh, Fanmio to get John Cleese's kidney. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I mean, he's like 102 years old. Come on. Uh, Don't you want a younger kidney? <laughs> what tier is that? <laughs> the kidney tier. <laughs> well, as always, we love we love hearing from you, and and, uh, and and we're glad we can provide you some distraction from the shittiness of, uh, of real life. But we're actually right about to wrap up our show. Wait, yeah. can we read that, like, Holodietz note? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to okay. say goodbye. Spoiler to alert. But uh, thank you for calling. He's having a one-on-one -on -one with Floyd Mayweather right now. I heard him in the oh, background. Yeah. I see. I, I just, I put him on, uh, on mute, but okay. So, so now he's blind and mute, Rob? Come on, no, insult to injury. Oh, come Rob. on. Rob. How many senses does this guy have? <laughs> Rob took them all. All right. Well, uh, so first we got something from Official C. Uh, we got some hate mail. By the way, if you want to send us some uh, some feedback, we love hearing from you. We love to know what you think about the show. If you can't listen live, uh, 
And, you know what you uh, should say? You should say when you, when you can listen live. I don't think you mentioned that today. If you're I mentioned it at the top of the show. Oh, okay. But I'll Sorry. Jeez. Uh, which will be Tuesdays at 6 p.m. East, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern till 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, what? <laughs> 6.30 <laughs> to 8. 6.30 to 8 Eastern time. Yeah. That's it. Uh, by the way, Dane was in our YouTube chat uh, while we were talking about Frankie Palmieri. And he said, on the Patreon, 600 a month gets you access to play a cover of Limp Bizkit with Frankie. <laughs> and then he asked, uh, how much for a job resume read from Dave Ellison nowadays? I think it's about the same. He's, Dave Ellison is one He's of the only first reading people his own that, resume was on, now. that was on Cameo. Like, when we, was, were, we were yeah. doing that, that riffing on Dave, David Ellison all those years ago. That was on Cameo. So He's now it's just the norm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, hate mail at metalinjection.net if you want to email us during the week. If you hear something on the show and you, 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 you have something to input or if we ask a question or we said something wrong, tell us how wrong we are. Hate mail at metalinjection.net. You can, of course, send an email or record a, an audio memo with your, with your phone or your computer. You can email that voice memo track. Uh, or you could use our SpeakPipe widget. It, it is on our website, metalinjection.net slash livecast. Hit the widget. And uh, then you will, you'll just be able to, to just record with your computer mic or your phone mic and, and play an audio voicemail. So let's read some hate mail from Official C. He says, hey, Livecast, question for Noah. Noah, do you plan on trying out any other disciplines of martial arts after you feel that you've mastered BJJ? I've always appreciated martial, martial arts and took karate classes when I was a kid. I recently decided I'm going to take it up again as soon as I can. Uh, also, a similar question for the guys. Any of you interested in martial arts, or do you prefer martial farts? Mm. P.S. You guys are helping to keep me sane during lockdown. Always a relief to hear your voices. Thanks. Well, oh. thank you, Official C. We're glad that we could uh, make lockdown slightly less shitty for you. But no, I did do mar uh, Oh, sorry. Noah first. No, no. Go ahead, Darren. Please. I was going to say I did do martial arts when I was a much, much younger person. What did you do? Uh, did you do? I did jiu-jitsu, but not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know and, your jiu-jitsu well. And I enjoyed it. I uh, wasn't like, didn't advance to like a black belt or anything, but it was fun. It was a good exercise and all that. I was considering looking at my options of what to like maybe get, go back and take classes again before, right before the world ended. Uh, so it's a possibility. In, in karate? I don't know what discipline I would do. I was doing research on it. During Noah's gym, you could go grapple each other. It doesn't really appeal to me. Like I like, I, I want to do something with like strikes in it. I, I don't mind the shit. I don't mind the grappling, but I don't want it to be like a grapple based. Uh, yeah. Well, think about this. This is how you win. You go to the grappling place and you yourself implement the strikes. You beat <laughs> all of them. Just beat you the shit out. <laughs> I don't follow rules. It's like uh, Michael Scott in the office in his improv class, where every improv was just he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. But oh, you didn't funny. see that after all. No. I'm not a big office guy. Oh. No, go ahead. Uh, so probably I will only take jujitsu because um, I feel like with the quarantine and stuff, I'm like losing a lot of information and I'm not like training like I used to. So it's already going to be enough to have to like work up um you know that that discipline it's it's kind of a bummer and it really sucks and it's something that i was doing like five days a week sometimes even more than that and then like to nothing 
So I'm kind of sad about it. I was supposed to take my purple belt test. That's not going to happen for a while. So I have enough, uh, you know, like I, I, ha- I still have enough to, a lot to accomplish in jujitsu. So I'm not even thinking about anything else at the moment. Cool. Uh, and then we had something on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash metal injection livecast. And uh, I posted a video. Somebody made a, uh, well, I joked that it was a holodance pie, oh. uh, but it was like a clear, a- oh. clear gelatin pie with like a chocolate crust, essentially, and some whipped cream. Uh, what were you going to say, Darren? I was going to basically describe it, but it, it, it looked like jello. Like it looked, it wasn't nearly as disgusting as Hola Dietz, I would say. It still freaked me out. I don't know. It was still, still disgusting looking to me. It was, uh, when I looked at the, the person who tweeted the video, uh, they posted the recipe and it, it was just clear gelatin. It was flavorless jello, uh, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, so after I posted this, one of our readers, one of our listeners rather, uh, <laughs> share this little anecdote that I want to share before we get out of here. And uh, he says, uh, my partner's grandmother grew up in Russia. When I first met her a few years ago, my knowledge of Russian was pretty much limited to the stuff I'd heard on the live cast. Regrettably, the word holodets came out of my stupid mouth. And dear Babushka was so delighted that she went went straight to the fridge and brought out a big dish of her own homemade holodets. Torture. (laughs) Torture. So does every babushka just have that in like the fridge? Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's just chicken lard. Yeah. It's like having mac and cheese around. Like it's just always there. It's just making use of every part of the chicken. That's just how they were raised. It's like you don't waste food. Uh, And so. And I feel uh, like that's worse than wasting it. I'd rather waste it. It's desecrating (laughs) its memory. So, it's like pissing on a tombstone. Yeah, it, uh, if if a chicken is put into holodets, it can never get into chicken heaven. It's like a tattoo for Jews. It's cursed <laughs> for eternity. Yeah, they get to the pearly gates and they're like, oh, "I'm here to go to chicken heaven." And they're like, "Oh wait, it says here you were put into holodets. Is that accurate?" I guess. I'm sorry, you're going to hell. Sorry, done. It's fucked up. Not even limbo with Patrick Swayze, just straight to hell. To hell. Doesn't matter if you participated or not. Well, uh, so Babushka was so delighted she went straight to the fridge and brought out a big dish delighted. of her own homemade elegance. Being far too polite for my own good, I accepted a generous helping. Oh, oh. boy. And, <laughs> and sat there forcing it down by masking the flavor, which can only be described. <laughs> <laughs> which can only be described as trauma. cat. <laughs> I can't even say it. Which can only be described as cat food in a salty, oily jelly <laughs> with kind. very strong mustard. How does he know what cat food tastes like? It does like smell like cat food, though. Yeah. The fishiness of it. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not necessarily fishy. It, it, it's not. But the non-fish holodets that I ate smelled like fish. It smelled like. Nasty unwashed bukyak. It smelled like just a fucking girl's toisole that hasn't been washed in like fourteen days with fucking smegma on it. It was and it's interesting. Awful. It's interesting ew, ew, ew. The, the mustard because I feel like uh, I've eaten it with like horseradish. Never really mustard. Like horseradish. I think he, would, horse? he didn't eat. He didn't eat it with mustard. He was just describing the smell of it. No, he said no, with he very did, strong he, mustard. Yeah. 
I he tried to I... cover up the taste with the mustard. I see. I miss her. So uh, he concludes. <laughs> Once finished, I managed to calmly exit the room with, with as much English dignity as I could muster. Okay. Once finished, I managed to calmly exit the room with as much English dignity as I could muster to the bathroom where said holidays and mustard came back out largely through my nose. I blame Rava entirely for this experience. You know, holidays is the I'll only that food blame. that tastes better as vomit coming back through your body. Uh, I don't vomit think so. And I don't think so, Darren. I don't think so. The worst food ever created on the planet Earth. Uh, well, uh, I'm I sorry. Say, I had to put you through that. Yeah, I have PTSD from this shit. <laughs> Holidays to me is what Rebecca Moore is to Darren. Yeah. Like you just <laughs> well, holidays to me is also what Rebecca Moore is to me. <laughs> That's fucked uh, up that you have two of those things. Yeah. Well, come on, Sid. I feel like it's in the same ballpark for you too. No, I think that Rebecca Moore is. I mean, I don't. I think it's repugnant, but hilariously so. I mean, okay. <laughs> I think I think Holodietz is hilariously repugnant. But here's the thing: it. both of those things are in our lives because of Rob. Yeah, he so. loves both of them too. Mm. I wouldn't say I love Holodietz. I like it. I'm not Rob. Like how much would you pay it? on Fanmio for a one-on-one Holodietz brunch with Rebecca Moore? Oh my god, I would love that. Although I don't know what I would talk to her about. What would I talk I think to her? we all know what you would talk to her about. Yeah. Don't it, would, it would not be shared on this. Uh... It would be about Darren. <laughs> what do you mean? It would have a bitch fest about how mean I am to her. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's really it for the show. This one just flew by. We kind of ran a little long. Um, yeah. And uh, I want to mention our top live cast fans of the week. And uh, of course you could be a top live cast fan of the week by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash metal injection live cast. And it's $10 a month. And you get that bonus episode we talked about at the top of the show. And you get a weekly shout out from Darinsky. Let's hear it, Darren. Yeah, here they are. These are our Patreon shout outs of the week. We have Eric. Rob Ganoush, a.k.a. Justin, Benjamin, El Duterino, Cynical Sid's Cynic Cynicism, Dan R., A Cattle Decaf, Mindy Mayer's Keeper, Croc Destroyer, Sam I Am I Is, Justin with an E, Jander, Charles-Sucets, Lacroix, The Crustacean Sensation, a.k.a. Godstopper, Ash Bojolov, and this one more here. I can't. I don't know if I'm having computer trouble. I can't quite... Make it out, but we can just wrap up right there. That's no, I believe we have to read it, Darren. This person paid their good money. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm having technical difficulties. I, I, I can't read it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll read it. Hi, guys. Uh, it's Josh. That was the last one. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it is says, that, hey. Is that the your guitarist? It's yes, a different probably. Josh. Oh, damn it. He's a track. I'll find it when I'm back. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.